Okay, we're going. This is Johnny Reps on the Strength for All podcast. Thank you for tuning in. This is episode 39. Today I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, what I would like to call, not what I would like to call, what everybody always talks about at uh, this time of year, and that is getting the summer body. Today is June 2nd. We'll, when this podcast will be going out, it will be June 2nd. And all the marketing in the fitness industry and all the different uh all different things in relation to what we do this time of year has always traditionally been centered around that. And not only this time of year, but also other times, pretty much like the entire, the entirety of the external world's view of the fitness industry largely involves, they, they see us and they think, oh, what they're selling is how to get the perfect bod. That's, that's what the fitness industry is. And, I mean, looking at the marketing material of a lot of people, it's not hard to see why people think that. Sorry, excuse me, I'm getting my uh, my sip of my Tim Hortons. It's not hard to see why people think that. Um, I mean, most, if you go, if I just literally, like, if I go on Instagram right now, and I search up fitness hashtags, like, let's, let me think of some that I, uh, let me, I'll literally just type in the hashtag fitness. Let's see what comes up. Fitness. Hashtag fitness. Come on. Okay, go to tags. Hashtag fitness. Literally all the posts are people like, it's like jacked guy, lean guy, like six-pack shoulders, like that, you know, or for, uh, you know, like that. Like, oh, yeah, look, it's it's all obviously selling on the, if you're watching the, the video version of this, it's, it's, it's pictures of people like, you know, with six-pack abs, people with big arms, uh, women with like, they're very lean, is the type of message that the fitness industry puts out there is like, this is what you want to get. This is like the ideal. This is what you're trying to work for. This is what you're selling. You got to buy it. So this time of year, we're all talking about getting that summer bod. And I just want to say like, to me, so I... Personally speaking, I've been in the fitness industry for, <clears throat> as as my full-time profession, for almost six years now, and I've been, uh, I'd say, around things in the fitness industry for probably like 10 years now, and I've been working out for 20 years now, since I've started, like, I've since I, I started when I was 10 years, literally started when I was 10 years old working out, and I'm 30 now. Um, so I've been around that stuff a lot, and... At this point that I'm in in my journey as a 30-year-old guy who trains other people for a living, I do not find I, – I, let me say this. I put very minimal importance on getting the perfect summer body for myself. And part of that is like I think I've been around the block enough times and I've been – I've done like a bulk and then a cut and then a bulk and then a cut and then a main and, – and, and actually like a lot of maintaining long enough to realize that like – if if you're someone who's reasonably fit year round, it doesn't really matter if you're cutting. I mean, sure, like okay, you're gonna be like lean and you're gonna have better abs if you cut really lean down in the summer. But like, that's like I I, I get people comment complimenting me and saying like, oh man, you're looking jacked, bro. Like regardless, if I just wear if you just wear a tight t-shirt, you can like if you're if you're a little more bulky, you wear a tight t-shirt, you can have people looking at you like. Oh yeah, that guy's jacked, or at least a little jacked. In my case, not really jacked, but a, at least a little bit in shape. Um, not that that even matters, but 
you know, I've been around the block and I've done this enough times. I've done bulk cuts, recomps, maintenance periods to realize that like personally to me, the aesthetic component of fitness in my own portion of the journey is at this point, honestly, I don't want to say it's not even important, but it's kind of close to not even important. Like I just, I, uh, there's, there's, there's a ton of reasons for that. I would say the first thing is that I've been doing this for a very long time and I've been pretty, pretty lean and I've been pretty, uh, fluffy, shall we say. And I tend to prefer it somewhere in between the two. When I'm really lean, I feel weak. I feel like all my clothes are too loose. Like I feel like I don't look good in a shirt. Um, and I just feel like it's just, yeah, I, just, I also feel like I need to be, I'm not going to say, because I feel like I've been able to get fairly lean and not be too restrictive on my diet, but if you want to get really lean, you do need to get quite a bit more restrictive, and on an individual basis, what you are actually comfortable with in regards to that will vary greatly. So, I'll say this, I don't think I've ever been leaner than like 9 or 10% body fat, and... I think if I wanted to cut down to like let's say 7% body fat, which is like competition bodybuilders go on stage at probably somewhere around 5%. I've I've heard people say like 4 to 6% body fat is like male bodybuilders on stage are around that percentage. So, if I were to cut down to like try to cut down to like 7% body fat, I would probably struggle to get there. For other people, the threshold might be much, much higher. Some people might have a hard time cutting down below 15% body fat. Some people might have a hard time cutting below 12% body fat. You know, some people might have a very easy time maintaining a really low body fat percentage. It's What I'm getting at is this is very individual from person to person, and if your ideal summer body or your ideal body period is kind of based off a certain look that someone else may achieve with far less effort than you would need to put into it to achieve that you might not be giving yourself a fair shake and you might be setting yourself up for failure. That's one point. Another point is that when you, and I've had this conversation, this exact conversation with definitely dozens of clients, at least at this point, when you are in the healthy body weight range and you are in a fairly healthy body fat range, which is actually probably, both of those are probably much larger than people seem to think. I could give you what my uh, rough definition of a healthy body fat range is real quickly. So you can kind of like, I guess we could call this section, do I need to cut down to, to for summer? <laughs> Maybe something like that. So, so my definition for what would be a healthy body fat percentage to be at. For men, probably somewhere between uh, 10 and 20%. Now, you can go a little over that, and you can go a little under that, and still probably be fine, um, but I think most people are going to struggle to consistently maintain body fat under, most guys are going to consistently struggle to maintain body fat under 10% year-round, and I think most guys, if they are over 20% year-round, they are going to be a little bit heavy and probably putting themselves at higher risk for con- certain conditions. For women, I would say this percentage is probably bumped up like 5%, so it's probably somewhere in the realm of like 15 to 
somewhere in that range. And again, you know, you can be a little bit lower than that. Obviously, bodybuilders for both men and women cut lower than 10% for men and lower than 15% for women when they're on comp- in competition on the stage. But again, this is not how people normally look. And the pictures you see of people on Instagram and magazines and stuff are heavily edited. The people are very lean. They're not looking like that year round. We all know the drill with that. I can go into depth with that, but that's not really what this podcast is about. So that's how I would define healthy body fat percentage. When it comes to healthy body weight, I would say anywhere from uh, I, I would do it's it, we I would use BMI in conjunction with waist circumference. So I believe the recommendations currently is if men waist circumference under 36, women or sorry men waist circumference under 38, and women waist circumference under 36. That's a rough guesstimate. By having this waist circumference, you can kind of get a rough guesstimate of your you know how much fat mass you're carrying around your midsection. So that's about where men should be, um, or in terms of waist circumference. And then for both both BMI, somewhere in the range of like 20 to 30. And that's a pretty big range. And I know if you're looking at BMI, technically 25 to 30 is considered overweight in the BMI range. But if you're an active individual who has a good amount of muscle mass, there's there's no data to show that if you're under that 30 BMI that you're negatively impacting your health. And actually, if you are over fat and under muscled, if you're like in the 20 to 25 BMI range, that is actually probably more likely to put you at adverse risk of health effects than if you are over 25, but have a good amount of muscle mass and strength. Um, and the reason, and, and also technically BMI in the range of 18 to 20 is considered normal weight range, but you're kind of like, uh, borderline, I think what they call borderline frailty or something like that, like 18 to 20, like most people are probably not going to be comfortable or not going to want to have a BMI in, in the range of 18 to 20, other than for very specific reasons. Um, like if you are in a sport that you need to be in a, like, for example, I think, uh, maybe if you're in like certain combat sports, you might cut to the point where you're in a BMI that's in that range simply because you want to be in a really low weight class for your height. Um, but other than that, 20 to 30 is a nice robust range. So again, to summarize, what would constitute a healthy body weight range and where I'm going with this? A healthy body weight and body fat percentage range would be for men anywhere from 10 to 20% body fat with a waist circumference under 38 inches and a BMI between 20 and 30. For women, it would be anywhere between 15 and 25% body fat with a BMI, or sorry, with a waist circumference under 36 inches and a BMI in the similar range, 20 to 30. Again, these are not exact numbers. I'm not telling you you're out of shape if you don't fit these numbers. I'm just saying these are the general numbers that probably work for most people. And the further outside of these numbers that you get, the more likely it is that you would be adversely affecting your health with your body weight and your body fat percentage. Now, why is this? Why? Why is? Why am I bringing this up? The, the reason why I'm bringing this up is because I have had this conversation with many clients, uh, dozens of clients. If you are in a healthy body fat percentage, like all those numbers that I just delineated, if you are in those healthy ranges, you are not going to significantly improve necessarily significantly improve anything by lowering your body weight or lowering your body fat. So for example, if I'm a guy at 15%, let's say I'm 15% body fat, I have a 34 inch waist, um, and my BMI is 26. If I cut down to a BMI of 25, is that going to actually like benefit my health in any way versus just like maintaining my current weight and eating a healthy diet? I don't think there's any clear evidence to show that it would. 
actually, I know there's no clear evidence to show that it would, especially if you now, if you were like under muscled, like, let's say I'm at a BMI of 26, but my waist circumference is like 39 and my uh, body fat is like, you know, 28%. Yeah, then I'm probably like a little bit outside of the range where I should I could tighten up a little bit and get some get some benefit. But if you're within that range, do you need to lose weight? Do you need to like, oh, do I need to go on like a fat loss diet? I don't think so. And I think there's there's little evidence to show that you would need to. Um, but I would recommend that people strive to, to try and get close to those ranges. Um, and at the same time, though, if you are not in those ranges, like if, if your BMI is like, you're, you're pretty far outside those ranges. Like if your BMI is like 38 and your, you know, waist circumference is like 45 and your body fat is, you know, higher, that's okay. Like this podcast does not exist to like shame anyone. This podcast exists just to give people information and hopefully uh, educate people on things that they can use in order to empower themselves in their own strength and in their own fitness. That's why this is called strength for all. It doesn't matter if you're a BMI of 20, 30, 40, 50, you can still apply these concepts if you move your like like for example if you move yourself closer to the healthy range i just delineated like if you move yourself from a 40 to a 35 in terms of bmi and your waist circumference goes down 8 inches or maybe that's too many let's say 5 inches that you are going to improve your health outcomes by doing that. You are going to improve your overall health and wellness, you're going to feel better, you're going to look better, you're going to be able to do more in in general. And uh you know, so you don't have to abide by these these ranges uh, if you're really far outside of them. Just moving a little bit closer to them, though, you would see lots of benefits. So, uh, where am I going with this? Okay, so the but but if you're in the range and you're like, I got to cut for blah blah blah. I, I think at that point, when you are in the healthy range, it almost becomes entirely either aesthetic or performance based when it comes to your why you would cut at that point. So, you know, if, if again, you're like someone who's 15 percent and you need to cut lower because you're doing a bodybuilding show and you need to look really lean for that bodybuilding show, then, yeah, you got to cut lower for aesthetic reasons for the bodybuilding show. If you're at like, you know, 18 percent body fat and you're like, man, I, I have a little bit of a belly. I can't see my abs. I want I want to look leaner at that point. It's like, OK, yes, from an aesthetic perspective. Sure. Do that if that's what you what you value. But it's not necessarily going to make you any healthier, and it's not necessarily going to, uh, you know, make you happier. Um, it's 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 all an aesthetic thing, and it's all a personal preference thing at that point. Like I would encourage people to try and hit those get again get within those ranges, but I would discourage people from obsessing over perfection. Because this is the problem. If you try and obsess over, like, I need to, what is the perfect body fat range? What is the perfect body fat percentage? What is the perfect bicep size? What is the perfect waist? It's, it, there's no such thing. You just have these numbers that, like, you know, you're generally less likely to have these bad outcomes if you're within them, and so on and so forth. Um, so that's why it matters. Uh, I can tell you about my current status. I wanted to give a quick update on my training and my my current status in terms of all of this stuff. So first of all, I'm six, about six foot tall. That's what I've been, although my wife was wearing really high heels the other day, and I was like, oh, am I really six feet tall? Or maybe I'm a little bit shorter. Uh, but I, I'm, as far as I know, I'm about six feet tall. Um, as far as I know, um, right now, I weighed myself this morning. I am 197.8 pounds. And... Uh, 
I do not know my current body fat percentage because I have not measured it in quite a while. So I would not, I, I just don't worry about it. Um, but my current training, I'm on barbell, I'm still running this. This is my second cycle of running barbell medicines, Olympic weightlifting template. Um, I've classically done a lot of squat, bench, deadlift. My squat, my bench, my deadlift are not amazing right now. Like I just did a heavy single on deadlift yesterday and it was 410, which is Weight, definitely much lower than my deadlift uh, has been in the past. Um, I I've, have not hit a 500-pound deadlift yet in my lifetime, but I was fairly close a, a while ago, but I just have not focused on deadlift recently. Um, my my squat, I hit a paused squat. Uh, I don't even remember how much it was. I don't know. I think I did a beltless pause squat with like 350 the other day or something. It was a high bar beltless pause, pause squat, so it was... Uh, you know, whatever. And then I, I benched, uh, I haven't done heavy bench singles in forever. Um, so, but my bench is not up to 300. So my squat bench deadlift are not doing great. My, my snatch, my clean and jerk are doing all right. I, you know, I'm working on improving them. I'm hoping to get like a 400 pound total between the snatch and the clean and jerk, which would be like somewhere around a 225, uh, clean and jerk and a 175 snatch. Extremely unimpressive, but, uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm doing Olympic weightlifting for fun, and, and, and because it's that's the style of workout that I'm, I'm doing right now. So anyway, my plans for the summer is I am probably going to... Uh, I, I really don't have any plans right now in terms of my, my uh, weight, if I'm, if I'm aiming for anything. And it, it doesn't, to me, make much of a difference because the aesthetic portion is like, meh, whatever. If I want to look leaner, I'll just shave off all my body hair and go on a cut for like two weeks and my abs will be there. So like, you know, but, uh, I don't really have any plans for any serious bulks or cuts right now. I've kind of just been like floating around last year. I cut down to, I think around one nine, I bulked up to like two Oh five and then I cut down to like one ninety, and I've kind of been floating like in between there ever since. Um, but in terms of my, like, do I want a summer VOD this year? Do I want to be working on getting that six pack? Do I want to get shredded? Do I want ab veins? not this year. It's it's post-COVID. If we get up, uh, to the point where in Ontario we're just coming out of the lockdowns, if I get to the point where I can actually travel to the U.S. to see my family and everything and so on and so forth, I'm probably going to be more interested in seeing friends and drinking and playing guitar by the fire than I am going to be about uh, leaning out, to be honest. I, do, I just don't care at this point. Um, I, I'm strong. I'm healthy. I'm, you know, I'm lean enough. I, if I were to guess my body fat, I'm probably somewhere around 15% right now. Um, but again, I could not be certain about that because I have not measured or anything like that lately. And it's, it's, it's fairly unimportant anyway. Um, okay. So there's my update on what I'm doing. Uh, next thing I wanted to talk about was what do you need to do in order to get the summer bod? Like, let's say you are, you're listening to this podcast, you've made it this far and, you're like, man, I know John, you are, you're great. You're awesome. You, I mean, I'm not, but you're like, you, you think you're awesome. You think you're okay. Um, so you don't need to do the cut, but I need to do the cut. I really let myself go the last year because of COVID. I gained weight. I, I or I, I just haven't been making progress. What do I need to do to get that summer body that I'm looking to get? Um, and the first thing I would do is I would, I would just ask yourself, I would say like, do you want to do this for aesthetic purposes? And do you value this? That would be the first question. Um, and if you say the answer to that question, to both of those questions are you value the result you're going to get and you want to do this and you're willing to put in the effort that it takes to do it, I would say commit 
and make yourself on board. Make the commitment. You noticed how when I said I was, I've been entirely non-committal to like any type of leanness goal for summer just because I don't care. It's not a primary goal for me, but it might be for you. So if you, if, if it's really what you value and really what you want to do, the first thing you got to do is you got to commit to doing it. The second thing you got to do is you got to tell yourself that whatever you got to do to achieve this goal, obviously within reason, is going to be worth it. And it's not necessarily going to be as easy as you want it to be, but you will put in the effort and you will do the things that you need to do in terms of consistently maintaining a calorie deficit, working out, etc. So that's that's like the groundwork. That is the that is literally like the foundation of what you're going to do. And I'm going to take a brief break and after that break I'm going to come back and say how you are going to build your summer body on top of that foundation and how you figure out how to do that. That will be after this break. Stay tuned. This is a quick break, and I just wanted to let you all know that Johnny Reps Fitness is on TikTok, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, Spotify, for the Strength for All podcast. Yeah, make sure you're following me on all of the social media platforms to get all of my short and long-form content. Also, you can go to johnnyrepsfitness.com, and if you go to the free program tab, you can get yourself a free home workout program template. So thank you for listening to my podcast, the Strength for All podcast. We'll be back in a moment. This is Johnny Rips Fitness. We're back. And I'm going to tell you guys how to build your ideal summer body right now. So step one, we've set the groundwork of committing to the goal. Step two, what do you got to do to actually get there? We actually have to set the goal is the first thing. So I always think that taking a realistic approach towards setting goals is the most important thing to do. Many people set themselves up for failure by kind of saying, having an, a goal that's kind of non-specific, such as you probably heard these goals before. I'm going to lose as much weight as possible. I'm going to quote, get fit. I'm going to lean down. I'm going to do it's, all these things that are not really like specific. They don't really they don't really say anything. There's no measurable time span of which they're going to happen. There's no indicators of progress of which they can measure. It's just I mean, they sound good saying I'm going to get fit sounds like a good goal, but how are you actually going to do that? And how are you actually going to quantify it? So once you lay the groundwork as step 1 of like committing to achieving the goal, step 2 is actually road mapping out what exactly that goal is going to look like. And today's June 2nd. If you hear this podcast when it comes out and you say I'm going to I'm going to start today. I'm going to start right now and you're going to say I want to be jacked and lean by summer. Well, let's what what would that actually entail? We're only looking at uh before summer. Summer starts on I believe the 22nd this year. We're looking at 1 2 one day shy of three weeks, that's 20 days. That is not much time in order to create large amounts of, of, of change in your body physically. So I'll start with this. A realistic rate, if, if you're trying to lose weight, a realistic rate of weight loss for most people is losing somewhere between 0.25 and uh, 1% of your body weight per week. So this would mean if you are an individual who weighs 300 pounds, let me do my math here real quick. 
if you're an individual who weighs 300 pounds, oops, sorry, I rotated my calculator the wrong way. You would you would lose somewhere between uh, 0.75 pounds and three pounds per week would be your general weight loss goal that you should shoot for. So if we're talking about the span of three weeks, and we're going to say the maximum amount of weight, so three times three, nine pounds. So if you're a 300-pound person, you can realistically expect to probably lose somewhere, if you're really, really adherent, of somewhere around nine pounds of body fat in the span of three weeks. If you train really hard, you're at the appropriate level of calorie deficit that you would you would set. The problem with this, you might see, is that three nine pounds in three weeks is not going to give you this massive physique transformation that you're probably looking for. So I would say the first thing is to set a realistic goal that takes into account that time frame. If you want to lose 50 pounds, if I want to go from a 350 or sorry 300 pound person to a 250 pound person, 50 pounds. If we divide that by three pounds per week at the maximum range, we're looking at at least 17 weeks to lose that 50 pounds. So you know, 17 weeks is about, oops, so 17 weeks in the span of days would be about 120 days. That's like a four-month goal. Uh, probably a bit too, uh, you know, probably a bit too quick to try and compress a four-month goal into three weeks. So I, I think just setting up that realistic time frame and that realistic mentality toward it of, you know, hey, I'm not going to drop 50 pounds of body fat in three weeks realistically. I want to set a little bit longer of a term of goal. And instead of saying, like, I'm going to hit this crazy number with no real plan to get there, set yourself up with something that you you know can be achieved and something that follows these uh, rates of achievable weight loss. Because again, three pounds per week is still fantastically fast progress when it comes to weight loss. Most people will not be able to maintain a, a weight loss pace of three pounds per week because even for a 300-pound individual, that is very aggressive weight loss, very aggressive weight loss. Um, so I, I'll, I'll, let's use the example of someone who's 300 pounds and you say, I would actually want to set, let's see, I don't want to wait uh, eight weeks, or sorry, 17 weeks because that's like the end of summer. And I don't want to, you know, I, I might not be able to hit 250. Let's, let's say maybe I could get halfway there. Okay. Uh, but also three pounds a week might be a little bit more, a little bit too aggressive. So let's go for two pounds a week and we're going to try and do it in, uh, let's see, like, uh, I don't know. What would be what would be somewhere around the middle of summer? So the middle of summer would be like June twenty second is the beginning. Summer is three months. So like sometime in August would be the middle of summer. So we'll go one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. We'll say August eleventh is the goal. So August eleventh is right around. It's starting to get to, toward the second half of summer. So I want to go in ten weeks. We're going to try and lose twenty pounds. Now that is a realistic goal. Three hundred pound person. We're going to say ten weeks, twenty pounds. Perfect. We're going to shoot for 280 by August 11th. Now we have a realistic time span. We have a realistic uh, end goal, and we have an idea of about how fast we're going to need to lose weight in order to achieve that. And mapping this out in your mind just saves you so much mental anguish instead of saying, like, I'm going to lose 50 pounds by the end of the month and then not achieving it and feeling bad that you only lost 10 pounds using a really unsustainable approach. Instead saying, this is what I'm going to do to consistently and effectively and realistically reach the, the goal that it might not be my ultimate end goal, but hey, 
20 pounds is still hell of a lot of good, hell of, hell of up some progress. You're losing like 10% of your 20 pounds off of, uh, sorry, not 10%. You're losing something like what? 7% of your body weight. If you're 300 pounds, uh, 300 pounds divided by 20. Oops. 20. No, I don't, I don't want to say times 300, 20 divided by 300. You're still losing about six and a half percent of your body weight. That's still a considerable amount of body weight. Five percent of your, uh, five to ten percent of your body weight in weight loss is considered clinically significant weight loss. So I think just playing these back and forth games, and then you might say, okay, well, ten weeks, you know, maybe that's too short term. Maybe I want to extend the goal a little bit longer. Maybe I want to see. Maybe I want to shoot for three pounds per week for the first like five weeks and see how good that makes me feel. And if I achieve that goal, maybe I'll continue at that rate. Or if I find it too aggressive, I might reduce the rate in which I'm aiming to lose weight. Uh, play these, like spend at least a little bit of time thinking, going back and forth with yourself. And here's where maybe even consulting a fitness coach or consulting uh, a friend who is, if you have a friend who's a fitness coach, hey. I do free consultations where I can help you map out this type of thing. You can email me at johnnyreps uh, at gmail.com or fill out the consultation form at johnnyrepsfitness.com if you're interested in talking about mapping these things out for yourself. So do this back and forth. Come up with a realistic yet attainable goal and get started. So step one is setting that that groundwork, that foundation of saying, I'm going to achieve this goal and I'm committing to this goal and I'm going to do the work that it requires to do it. Step two is realistically coming up with an actual framework or time span of what that goal looks like based on these these things and that, that we kind of were just discussing. Step three would be, I, is going to figuring out what you actually need to do in order to achieve that goal. So if I, I, I mean, I said, hey, I'm going to lose two pounds a week. What do you actually do need to do in order to lose two pounds a week? Do I need to do like ab workouts every day? Do I need to just do a lot of cardio? Do I need to, you know, starve myself? Do I need to do the keto diet? Like what's the approach that I have to do? I would recommend you do none of those things. In reality, like if you actually want to lose weight, know this, what creates fat loss, what creates weight loss is by creating a calorie deficit, by consuming less calories than your body requires to maintain your current body weight. So how the hell do I do that? I think the first thing to do is I think there's, there's two really good numbers that I like to uh, use when it comes to uh, calorie deficit or, or determining what your starting calorie deficit should be. If you want the simplest number, just take your goal weight and multiply it by 12, and that should be your calorie intake in order to create the weight loss that you're looking for. Um, so, for example, I'm 300. I want uh, to hit 250 pounds. 3,000 calories is about what the deficit should be. And that should put you in the range of, you know, somewhere between that 0.25 to 3 pounds of weight loss per week, somewhere in the realm of 0.25% to 1% of your body weight of weight loss per week. The problem with this is it's imprecise, but it's a decent starting point. So if you say, I'm trying to get from 300 to 250, I'm going to eat 3,000 calories a day. Not a terrible place to start. Um, but if you want more refinement in terms of what you actually need to do from a caloric perspective, I would recommend going to the National Institute, Google National Institute of Health uh, Body Weight Planner. So the website you want to go to is, uh, it is NIH dot, hold on, here we go. The website you want to go to is niddk.nih.gov slash BWP, or if you just Google National Institute of Health Body Weight Planner, it'll be the first result. You go on here, you'll give it your current height, weight, 
the age, sex, uh, activity levels, and it'll give you a rough guesstimate of how many calories you should uh, consume. But then once you have the guesstimate of how many calories you should consume, you have to track and adhere to that and see how it is affecting your body weight. Like, for example, if you just come up with a calorie number and you're like, ah, I'm roughly going to follow this and blah, 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 but you don't actually really, you know, realistically follow that, you're not going to have accurate data for if this is effective because, again, you're not it, – it's like – if I say I'm going to have a savings plan, but I'm not even going, I'm, I'm going to pay cash for everything and I'm not going to have a bank account and I'm not even going to track any of it. And then at the end of the month, I'm going to expect that I have like a thousand dollars saved up. It's like, that's probably not going to work for 90% of people, 90 plus percent of people. And even if it does work, your results are going to be really random because you have no measurement of what actually constitutes saving money. So you'd be better off like saying, just saying, I'm going to put $5 a week toward saving money. And then at the end of the year, hey, I have whatever that would be, five times uh, 52, whatever that would be, that's $250. Maybe you'd want to put a little bit more than five bucks a week toward savings, but whatever. Um, you get the picture. The point is you want to have like some kind of realistic and measurable way to track your progress. And calories are the easiest and most direct way to do that. Um, when it, so I, I can't stress enough that you have to start out by coming up with a, a, a estimated calorie goal, whether using that 12 times your, your goal body weight or using the body weight planner or some other, you know, you could use my fitness pal will give you calorie recommendations, something in order to come up with what you should be eating roughly in terms of intake in order to achieve that goal. And then you need to start actually doing that. Like the pro this is a, a massive rabbit hole we could go down, but I think I will just address it briefly. The process of tracking your food. Many people struggle with this. I would say this is one of the things that prevents the most people from losing weight is the fact that most people are really, 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 really bad at accurately tracking their food intake consistently over the span of time. Like, it's tough. Um, so that's, it, it's tough, but it doesn't have to be tough. It doesn't have to be tough. It's, it's difficult if you don't have experience and don't know anything about portion sizing, but I would recommend start learning about portion sizing. Like, start learning how to measure your foods. You need to get some measuring cups. If you need to get a food scale, start portioning out your containers into, like, one, of, one tip that I love using is if I buy, like, chicken breast, let's say I buy two pounds of chicken breast, and I say, okay, I'm going to separate this into eight ounce servings. Well, two pounds of chicken breast would give me four eight ounce servings. I separate this into four, you know, I, I grill these chicken breasts or whatever, and I separate it into four servings of eight ounces each. It doesn't matter if each individual one is exactly eight ounces. All that matters is I eat the total amount of calories from all of those uh, chicken breasts. By the end of the week, I eat all four servings. It adds up to the two pounds and boom, I'm there. That's, you know, but you need to find, track these things and figure out how to accurately track for yourself. You know, measuring cups. Learn that like a tablespoon of peanut butter is not like a heaping tablespoon. Learn that there's a lot of foods. I think one thing that people heavily overlook is that certain foods are very easy to underestimate and very easy to overeat calories. Some of these foods are generally considered healthy foods too. For example, stuff like oats, stuff like uh, almonds, nuts. Uh, these things you can measure or you can easily, because they're cal they're pretty calorie dense, you can easily like say, like, oh, that looks like about a cup, when in reality, if you're not actually measuring it, it's probably like two cups with 
you know, quote, healthy snacks, if you get a big bag of any type of snack food, like even if it's healthy popcorn, and you see, you know, what looks like one cup or what looks like one serving might actually be five servings. Read the labels and start educating yourself on what serving sizes are. Specifically, what will give you the most bang for your buck is educate yourself on the serving sizes of what the most commonly eaten foods for you are and stick to that. Stick to, you know, figuring those out and staying within your calorie deficit. Again, this is a massive topic that we could go deep, deep, deep down this rabbit hole. But for the purposes of this podcast, I think I'm just going to tie it up by saying, Find your calorie number that you're going to start with and then track and see if it works and make adjustments as you go based off of that, based on how you're feeling, based on if you you feel like, you know, you're like, wow, this is way more effort than I want to put in. Maybe you need to increase your calorie number slightly. Or if you say, well, like, I feel like I'm doing everything right, but I'm never hungry and, you know, I'm not losing any weight, then maybe your measurement methods are, are very, very off and you have to work on that. Um, in terms of training and exercise, I think this is the one of the parts of uh, fitness that people overthink way too much. When in reality, just start doing something. You know, if you start start with calisthenics, start with uh, you know, if you have weights at home, start lifting some weights. If you go to the gym, start on like a basic barbell training. Pro- it, I am not. I would not be overly concerned on what you are doing to start. I would just be overly concerned on starting, doing something, yoga classes, boot camp. Uh, When I think of like where I started, I've said this many times before, I started doing 80s exercise VHSs with my mom when she was recovering from cancer when I was 10 years old. What I do now is absolutely nothing like that. I do Olympic weightlifting, and before that I was doing strongman, and before that I was doing powerlifting. Um, So what you do... Where you end up is not where you start. Where you end up is probably going to be drastically different from where you start. So just start with something. I don't think I need to go any more in depth than that on the training program. Like you don't need to. One of the things that that happens is we set up all these barriers toward getting started for fitness. Like oh, I don't have my diet in place. Oh, I don't have my, uh, I don't have my uh, program in place. I don't have the perfect weightlifting program. I don't have access to the gym. I don't have this and that equipment at home that I really liked. You don't need any of that. I had periods of time where I used a tree branch to do pull-ups. I did push-ups in the dirt, literally, because my parents didn't want me working out inside. And they didn't want me working out inside because it annoyed them. And, you know, I did pull-ups and set-ups, pull-ups on a tree branch, sit-ups in the dirt, and push-ups in the dirt was my entire program. I didn't train legs. Just get started with something. It doesn't matter. We're trying to make this as simple as possible. You you commit to the goal. You figure out like a re. I, I think that like the the real bulk of it is committing to a goal, figuring out the realistic, uh, you know, time frame in which that goal can be achieved, and then setting up the what you need to do in a nutrition sense in order to achieve that goal. That is like the real bulk of everything you're doing. Your training program. Start on something. If you need help. Go to my website, johnnyrepsfitness.com. You can get a free home training program. There's a lot of great programs out there. I think Starting Strength is a good strength training program. I think there's some – if you want something like complicated that's probably not any more effective, you can go on uh, bodybuilding.com or, or Muscle and Strength and find a, a free workouts on there. Um, hell, I even design people free. If you message me and you're like, man, I really want a free workout. Here's my available equipment. Give me a program. I would I would write you a program legitimately unless I get like 400,000 inquiries after this podcast but for for the most part if you message me even if you're not my client and you say I want a workout program for like 4 weeks I would be like yeah I'll write you a 4 week program you can use over and over again um if you write me a positive review on Facebook or something I don't know I'd probably just write it for you anyway even if you wouldn't do that um but don't overthink it I think that's the the main takeaway here is don't overthink yourself into inaction don't 
waste time coming up with the perfect plan because you don't need the perfect plan. You just need a plan. Last note, build the parachute after you jump out of the plane. Sometimes, you know, you need to just, I mean, that's obviously an extreme example, but sometimes you just need to trust in your own uh, capabilities and you need to just trust in the fact, trust the process and trust that it works. Get started, start doing something. Even if your weight doesn't start moving in the direction you want to move in immediately, that's why fitness coaches exist. That's why you know, consultations exist. That's why there's all these resources out there to help you refine your approach once you get started. But listen, the vast majority of people never start anything or stick to it. And that's why they end up not succeeding. It's not because what they're doing is like particularly wrong. Sure, it's probably not perfectly optimal, but that doesn't matter because you can have a suboptimal program. And do, if you do it over a long enough span of time, you will get good results. Um, yeah. So, the, again, the roadmap to your success, just to summarize, is number one, commit to the to commit to this being worth it. Commit to achieving your goal. Number two, figure out how long it's going to take realistically. Number three, set your calories and come up with a game plan that does not need to be complicated. Again, build the parachute on your way down. And then the last step would be follow through. Do that plan. Do that calorie tracking, lift weights or work out three times a week, four times a week, five times a week, whatever you agree upon. It doesn't, it honestly, it's fairly unimportant. I would say optimal training frequency is somewhere between two and five times per week, but it really doesn't matter. It's really, it doesn't matter as long as you're sticking to it. Like sure is four times a week, probably more optimal than two times a week. Yeah. Are you probably not going to get much out of going from four times a week to five times a week? Yeah, there's definitely a law of diminishing returns once you get up to a certain number of weekly workouts. But what's more important is that whatever plan you have, you're sticking to it. It is far more optimal to have a three-day-per-week plan that you complete every week to its fullest than to have a five-day-per-week plan that you only do three days per week. And, yeah. So I hope this podcast has been helpful in helping you get yourself started with setting up your summer bod goals. Whatever it is, whether it's weight loss, weight gain, leaning up, you can use this similar process to get yourself started, get yourself uh, prepared on toward the path of fitness and realize that summer is not the end goal. Summer is just another step on your path toward success. Thank you so much for listening. Again, this is Johnny Reps signing off from the strength for all podcast if you like this podcast make sure to leave it a review positive review on whatever platform you're listening to make sure to share it recommend it to your friends you can always follow me on all of my social media platforms i appreciate you guys all and girls all listening to this episode and i will see you again in two weeks for episode 40 have a good one